From The Australian, here's what's on the front. I'm Claire Harvey. It's Wednesday, October 11. Israel is preparing for a mass offensive against militant group Hamas in the Gaza Strip. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu compares the Palestinian militants to the dreaded terror force ISIS. As the death toll climbs into the thousands in both Israel and Gaza, including hundreds of civilians, here in Australia, federal and state governments are under fire from Jewish community leaders after pro-Palestinian protests in Sydney and Melbourne. New Zealanders are preparing for the triumphant return of the 78-year-old rock star of Kiwi politics, Winston Peters. His minor party, New Zealand First, is on track to help the National Party form government in this Saturday's national election, after six years of Labor. In a moment, we'll meet a politician unlike any other. If you took the straight-talking rebelliousness of Pauline Hanson, the wild post-truth confidence of Donald Trump, and the cut-through of Jacinta Numpy-Impa-Price, you'd end up with someone like Winston Peters, the snappily-dressed septuagenarian, who has shaped New Zealand politics for five decades. Well, you know something? My country needs me. He's charming when he wants to be. We've got to have to form a much better government. That means you better get some adults in the room and leave the trousers on, for goodness (laughs) sake. And volcanic when it suits him. I'm sorry, with the greatest respect, I'm not putting up with ignorant commentators like you. This is simply lazy journalism. You just frivolously made that up. He's half Scottish, half Māori, a former National Party MP who quit the Conservatives to form his own party, New Zealand First, in the 1980s. In the decades since, he's been Treasurer in a National Party government and Deputy Prime Minister in Jacinda Ardern's Labor government. The Prime Minister appears to have caved into Winston Peters and put the pledge to increase the refugee... He's been in and out of Parliament numerous times and just keeps coming back. Now, as New Zealand heads for this Saturday's election, Winston Peters is set for another triumphant return, this time as a potential minister in a likely national government. He told me that it was his passion to change New Zealand that kept it going, but... I think this is his life. Politics is his life. Whatever you think of him, he's got huge energy. Anne Barraclough is the Australian's New Zealand correspondent. I think he went to three rallies on the day I met him and then sat with me for an hour and then went straight off from that to an evening rally. So he's doing pretty well for 78. Peter's key demographic is older white New Zealanders. And over the years, he's perfected the art of putting his finger right on their hot buttons. A couple of decades ago, it was Asian immigration. Then it was Maori welfare dependency. Right now, it's something called co-governance, a Labor government policy to involve Maori representatives in management of everything from water policy to health services. Peters calls it a disease. He spoke with Anne at his home in New Zealand. Well, it's not just the unequalness of the, the inner democracy, which is really a, an attack on the very essence of democracy itself. Mm. But it's also the view uh, that um, such a separation and duality will deliver better services to my when there's mm. no evidence of that. The evidence is all in the contrary. 
speaks to people's grievances. And he's caught the zeitgeist at the moment, as he always does, in that there's a great divide now here. People are concerned over the pivot to Maori culture, Maori language, a reinterpretation of the Treaty of Waitangi, New Zealand's founding document. So he has picked on these fears amongst mainly white, mainly elderly people, and he speaks to them. And the rallies are very, they're very Trumpian. The people whoop and holler, sometimes from their wheelchairs, as he speaks. They think he's wonderful and he charms them. He complains about everything he can in New Zealand and, and he sets himself up as a victim, saying there's a media conspiracy against him and there's a political conspiracy against him. They lap it up. They absolutely lap it up. Each of the rallies I went to, there were at least 400 people in each, which for, you know, little New Zealand is pretty good. The Prime Minister of New Zealand right now is Labor's Chris Hipkins, who got the job when the wildly popular Jacinda Ardern stepped down. But I do hope I've demonstrated something else entirely, that you can be anxious, sensitive, kind, and wear your heart on your sleeve. And not only can you be here, you can lead just like me. Nōreira, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou Neither Hipkins nor his national opponent Christopher Luxon have the star power of either Ardern or Peters, and New Zealand's mixed-member proportionality system, known as MMP, means that whoever wins is likely to need to cobble together a coalition. Labour is currently in government alone because thanks to Jacinda Ardern's huge popularity in 2020, they had a sweeping win. But that's the first time really since MMP began that that's happened. So this time around, the National Party, the opposition party, is tipped to win but only in a coalition with ACT. And currently, neither of the parties under the latest polling just from last week uh, will actually get to a majority even together. So they would then have to bring in a third party, which is New Zealand First, run by the very maverick politician Winston Peters. Also in the running on Saturday is another charismatic outsider and potential kingmaker. That's ACT party leader David Seymour. ACT stands for the Association of Consumers and Taxpayers. It was founded on the ideals of neoliberal economics, low-tax, small government, in the early 90s, and it's mostly operated on the fringes of New Zealand politics until now. He's that very rare beast. He's a conviction politician. and He sincerely believes in what he's doing, and politicians on both sides of the divide see this in him. Um, he's not there just for political gain. He studied philosophy at university and then went on to work for a neoliberal think tank. So all his politics are actually based in this philosophy of personal freedom and personal responsibility. Here's David Seymour on the News Hub programme. I've heard the stories of New Zealanders who have seen bad death. They know what they've seen and they want uh, to have that choice and dignity and control because it's their life. Uh, it should be their choice. He drove through a right to die bill, which took him five years. He wrote the bill in 2015 and pushed it through in 2020. He supports LGBTQI rights and all because 
again, it goes back to personal freedom. If he helps National form government after Saturday's election, Seymour is widely tipped to take on the finance portfolio. That's a throwback to the 1980s heyday of ACT's founder, Roger Douglas. Douglas was a Labor finance minister and a hardcore economic neoliberal. His approach, they called it Rogernomics, stripped away government subsidies and tariffs that protected industries from international competition, he lowered income taxes and imposed a goods and services tax. Roger Douglas says he, for one, won't be voting for the party he founded in this election, saying David Seymour has made it a party for the wealthy. So, what kind of finance minister would Seymour be? He'll bring in tax cuts, but he'll also bring in quite stringent economic measures. He believes in small business, wants to push for small business, take away tax measures on them. So he would be a pretty tough financial minister, but highly respected by business. Coming up, why New Zealand might be joining the AUKUS Treaty. My name is Manny Karoudis, and I'm a former New South Wales policeman turned investigative reporter with a passion for missing persons cases. I'm here to quickly tell you about our True Crime Australia podcast, The Missing. In this series, I look at old missing persons cases which have all gone cold in an attempt to try and uncover new information which could help see these missing people reunited with their loved ones or any form of clue that could bring these families closure. The Missing is available now wherever you get your podcasts and early and ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts. When the election's underway in New Zealand on Saturday, Australians will also be voting in the referendum on an Indigenous voice to Parliament. Peters has an opinion about that too. Here's Anne Barraclough again. He said he wouldn't vote for The Voice himself. He met Charlie Perkins in 1988 and he thinks that the Yes campaigners don't represent Perkinson's original ideals. But he also made the point that there are a myriad of Indigenous voices around Australia, just as there are a myriad of Māori voices around New Zealand, and they can't all be represented by one voice, literally. Because the people who suffer from those sorts of decision-making at the critical housing, health, education and first world jobs level are the very people that these elitists Mm. are framing policy for that never, ever gets to them. There are two more big issues dominating this campaign, China and defence policy. ACT leader David Seymour says the country must get in on AUKUS, the historic defence pact between Australia, the UK and the US. Specifically, he's talking about Pillar 2 of AUKUS, which relates to technological development. New Zealand has been soft-pedalling on China's aggressive reach into the Indo-Pacific, and He's concerned, and I think most people are, that even in a new government, this dependence will stop New Zealand really from being part of a proper partnership with Australia on defence, so far as possibly joining the technological side of AUKUS. He believes that New Zealand should diversify its trade more. He would be pushing for a free trade agreement with 
India, which New Zealand has really been lagging on for years. Peters is mostly on board with boosting spending on defence, but he's concerned New Zealand won't be able to come up with the mega funds necessary to have a seat at the AUKUS table. If you're going to a defence system, and we must, it must be of the highest quality. There's no um, B plan in that context. You've got to have the best. Anne Barraclough is The Australian's New Zealand correspondent. We've got comprehensive coverage of that political story and all the politics, news, business and sport on this side of the Tasman too. Check it out at theaustralian.com.au. A troubled young woman. Her evil parents. We never had any issues between us. Has justice been done? I'm in a prison. Join journalist Richard Gilliatt as he delves into one of Australia's most gripping cases. Shadow of Doubt, a new podcast investigation from The Australian. I cannot find one of these allegations that's possible. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts.